episode of Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Scoot Magoot. I'm Elaine. And we are doing an episode that I was very fearful of, if I'm being honest, but <laughs> I came with the other side feeling feeling pretty good. You know, I, I one of the many things I appreciate about this podcast is it makes me listen to artists that I... I think I've talked before, I might have mentioned my lazy list, as I like to call it, where yeah. I'm just like, oh, like, I need to listen to them at some point, and it's just, it's, it's stupid long, like the we, number of bands we, I need We to all to. have one, though, and it's always stupid long. Yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of them are artists that I want to listen to because I think I'll like them. Some of them are artists that I've hated on for a long time based on a couple tracks. Uh, usually they're relatively popular bands that, you know, I know the singles and I don't really like them, but... I don't think it's fair to fully write them off until you've actually listened to at least one full album. You know, we did an episode on Beastie Boys with Paul's Boutique where I kind of confirmed the things I didn't yeah. like about it, but I appreciated the fact that I listened to it. And there were some moments in that album I really liked, so I think it's valuable to have that experience. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. Of modern rock bands, there's one band that anyone who knows me knows I really don't like, and that happens to be Muse. <laughs> um I think part of it was I kind of came to discover them around the same time they were having a, a popularity boost because they got uh, an endorsement from the writer of Twilight. Um, oh, right, right. And I think that I unfairly wrote them off because of that, you know, because that was obviously... I don't even know if that's unfairly. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's like... It, it, it would be like trying to take a, like, a like a book reviewer seriously if they gave like 50 shades of gray like an yeah. review like, like it's analogy, yeah yeah like it's like you know they it's totally their opinion but at the same time like if you're like supposed if, if you're labeling yourself as a diehard literary critic like why <laughs> yeah exactly so. and, and it was she's like she didn't just say she liked muse she said she listened to muse like consistently while writing the twilight series yeah and i mentioned and, and then they one of their songs showed up in yeah the first i think, I think they wrote a like um a new track for the for at least the first movie starlight um, i it might it might have i don't remember the name of it see but I'm, I, I'm, I i really haven't listened to the album that that song's off of the lot, um but the main piano theme from Twilight is actually not bad, and you know some of the music is, is pretty good. I only know this because I was dating a girl freshman year of high school who was really into Twilight, and so I ended up reading all the books and watching all the movies uh, just because I, I wanted to. I, I mean, when I was growing up, that was the most it's, like it's because hated. you were it's it, like it wasn't because of the girl man. It was because you were just Team Jacob all the way. But also, like back then, it was the most. I would say, you know what, if I had to pick, I would be Team Jacob. That's fair. I wasn't going to let that one slide. Everybody would. Yeah. but uh, Everybody wants a hunky werewolf. So. But if, um, like, back then, that was the most hated thing. Like, that was the thing that everyone was like, oh, my God, like, Twilight fucking sucks. Um, and I actually read the books and, and, and listened to, this, you know, watched the movies and all that stuff just because I wanted to a, 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 give it a fair shake. And I've kind of taken that philosophy forward, and when I, I, I've shat on a band enough but haven't really explored them, I'm like, that's not really fair. You know, it's not fair to say I, that I don't like something 
unless you've experienced at least an album like at least to the degree that i've you know dunked on muse for as long as i have for yeah, example yeah see i I, I, I think, like, so I, I'm in total agreement. My, my only, um, like, I, I sort of want to play Devil's Advocate for a second because uh, one thing that I always think of is, like, you know, it, like, apply this to, like, Corey Feldman or, like, Broken Side. Like, like are you going to listen to a Broken Side album, Scott? I, I think it's, <laughs> yeah, it definitely has to be case by case. There's not, because yeah. with those kind of bands... You know, like, I will never listen to that Corey Feldman album. You know, enough people yeah. I trust have talked negative, <laughs> negatively enough about it. Uh, but Muse are a really successful rock band. You know, they exactly. are, yeah. you know, also at least moderately critically successful. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, the, uh, the, 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 their, their last few albums, except for, I think, this, the most recent one, uh, have not been in, incredibly well regarded. But, but like, yeah. the, the core, like, kind of the mid... Mid, um, I mean, mid years of their, their career, they've been pretty successful for like most of their career. I mean, yeah, they're, they're they're like a huge rock band. I mean, they're they're probably one of the bigger rock bands out there right now. That that that's actually like still held in pretty high regard. Yeah, uh, at least in some circles. Because I, I mean, I I'm trying to think otherwise. Like Imagine Dragons, I guess would be up there. Yeah, everybody well, hates Imagine Dragons. But, so and I always, I mean, from what I've heard of Muse, I know. I mean, first of all, their music is written for stadiums. At least like the yeah. big hits. It's just it's it's big, um, massive, alternative Which rock. Should, should probably bring us into sort of this conversation as a whole. What we're even talking about today? Exactly is uh, finally, and we'll kind of get to the interesting way that um, Elaine wanted to frame it, but. This was an excuse to listen to Muse and actually dive in. You know, we picked their first couple albums um, specifically because of something that Elena brought up that those first two albums are compared to Radiohead's first two albums. And I have a lot of thoughts about that. You know, yeah. I, I honestly thought it was being pretty straightforward, being like, no, they don't sound anything alike. But I think I took from it um, kind of an interesting thought about the way that. I guess the public, I hate being so like condescending, but like the general public views music and kind of illuminates how their music is um, or how they consume music in comparison to people like us. I think that's something that gets lost in it, at least me specifically is I, the way that other, you know, kind of casual music fans and people like you and I listen to music are very different. Yeah. Very, very yeah. different. But, and that's something we're, we're, that I have to consider more when we I, have conversations. I, I like, I like to describe myself as like a music slut. <laughs> and, That's and a I, very, very fun way to put it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, but but I also think it's like the most accurate because it's like, you know, because you ever come across those people who are like, oh, yeah, I like music. I like the Beatles. They're like my favorite band ever. <laughs> that reminds me of one of my favorite uh, memes where it, it, it's just like a screenshot of a mess. And I'm sure it's fake. Like, I'm sure someone did this on. I don't think this was organic. But it was this dude messaging this girl and... She said, oh, I like all types of music. And he's like, yeah, what's your favorite avant-garde uh, noise jazz album? And it's just like it's emblematic of, of when people say they listen to everything. Like that's, yeah. I mean, I don't even listen to everything. And I yeah. listen to as close to everything as you could probably get. Um, even those people who think say they listen to everything don't listen. I mean, like, you know, there are genres that I just have either haven't touched or don't want to touch. Exactly. Um, and when people ask me what I listen to, I say I listen to a, like a whole slew of things, but primarily it's uh, jazz, um, metal, and 
Um, actually, I'm pretty much the, yeah, like jazz and metal. I think are the two most. I think I guess folk. You know, since since I met Lauren, folk has become more part of my. Which is why I say music slut. Yeah, much <laughs> much simpler. Exactly. And, and then it, it also warrants uh, a conversation and a strange look in someone's eyes as they're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> It's either a conversation starter or a conversation ender. Uh, I'll take either. (laughs) Exactly. uh, I I really want to know now because, uh, you know, we we had you listen to uh, some Muse albums, which, by by the way, you you kind of went a little nuts on yourself um, and decided. So how many albums did you end up listening to of theirs? Uh, Unfortunately, I had ambitions to listen to most of their albums. Uh, I my week kind of got away from me so i listened to showbiz origin yeah. of symmetry and the resistance and then there was one track from absolution you wanted me to listen to yeah hysteria um, because i i just i fucking love that bass riff like yeah and i i want to i want to start with the negative first because i actually okay. came out of this with a lot more positives than i thought i would uh I'm showbiz, showbiz but... their debut uh bad don't like it yeah not good um, you know, I, I was listening to it yesterday, um, you know, because I, I actually used to own a copy of it, um, and I ended up selling it. I, you know, I, I, it's definitely not great, um, but I definitely let, like, I, I don't think it's as bad as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like the, the second song, Muscle Museum, I, I really like that track. Um, you know, so it was, you know, it, it's, it's definitely not a, a, a very great album but i i don't think it's as shitty as i thought it once was so for me i think because there's been one thing about muse that i really have consistently not liked and this was most emblematic of it i really don't love um matthew matt matt bellamy's voice thank you i don't love his voice and the interesting thing is it's not for the same reasons on every track like, I feel like each track, there's a different thing I don't like. Like, sometimes I feel like, generally, I just, I don't, I think he overreaches uh, is probably the best way to put it. Like, I, I feel like he tries to be very operatic and match the kind of grandiosity of the music. And just, he doesn't quite have the talent to do it. But on other tracks, I feel like his voice is just a little too plain. Like I just always feel like he misses the mark slightly, and what yeah. what I really didn't like about Showbiz, and maybe you know, was it because it was on Apple Music? Was it because it was my headphones? It felt like the, I mean, it was their first album, so the production wasn't great. It felt like they mixed it so his vocals were much louder than everything else. His vocals are, I mean, it's like that, like they they do sound really whiny on mm-hmm. Showbiz. Um, I, I will say I actually really love his singing, um, though. Showbiz is not a great example of it, um, <laughs> but it just it never. I will say, and we'll get there. I think on other albums, it it's not as big of a sticking point for me. But it felt like that his vocals were just louder than everything else on every track. Yeah, I can and see I, that. I don't like them, so it made the album really. And in general, the music was very okay. Um, from what I understood of you know what music muses music's sounded like um based on the singles i've heard before because i listened to this sequentially so showbiz was the very first full muse album i've heard and from what i understand of their music i just felt like this was a 
a very pupil form of that. It felt like a very, um, like they hadn't reached the heights that they would get on the resistance, which is probably the album I'm most familiar with or was most familiar with before this. Cause obviously mm. the, the lead single from that is, you know, it, it was a pretty big rock yeah, hit. Up, when it came. Uprising. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but after that, I actually really enjoyed, um, uh, origin, origin of, of symmetry. symmetry. I really like that. You know, nice. I was his vocals definitely. It went from something that's a detractor from the album on Showbiz to something that like I didn't love, but wasn't a deal breaker at all because I liked. Um, I think Newborn was okay. It wasn't my favorite track on the album, but then Bliss and Space Dementia, those two really helped cement you know the direction that. Mm. Um, the album goes in and, and specifically my reaction to it. I loved the use of synths. I love the kind of spacey, but not too, um, not too crazy direction. Cause what, what, what's nice about Muse is that they have these elements of space rock, you know, very light prog rock and, and these slightly experimental directions, but they still remain a rock band throughout. Yeah. I feel like they do employ, um, these kind of, uh, additional elements instrumentation elements uh very very well it feels very balanced and they feel like they they maintain that arena rock vibe while put doing interesting things at the same time and i just the sound was just really fun like all the synth lines all of uh the riffs it was just it felt like a really really fun arena rock version of what like early prog rock and, and psychedelic rock sounded like to me what did you think of the track uh, "Microcuts"? Because, like, for me, like, like that—that's like Matt Bellamy is best for me. But I-, I can see you hating that track. It's it's the one where, where it's just like he sings like extremely, extremely high and like very operatic. Um, it's a little. It's sort of like near the end of the track listing. Was that the one that was almost more had more of like a lounge jazz? Feel. No, I I think that that that's feeling good. That, that yes. that's a that, that's a cover, uh, which is that's the final track off the album. I honestly I don't remember that one as well. I think the other thing about the album is that by towards the end it started to drag a little bit for me. It really does. I I mean I love this album and I've been listening to this album for like upwards of ten years now, and it drags. Like th- th- that's part of the reason I didn't have you listen to Absolution because like that album really drags. Like even more than Origin of Symmetry. And, and uh, that's that's something else about uh, because I knew that the vocals were going to be a sticking point for me. But on each of these three albums, I just felt like it was a li- each of them were a little too long. Obviously, Showbiz I didn't enjoy, so that was you know yeah. pretty clear. But I I liked um, Origin of Symmetry and The Resistance. But I just felt like each of them by the end, uh, and they weren't that long, you know, they were under an hour, but by the end yeah. I was like, and it was hard because I don't know if there was any one track I thought was especially I, bad. I, I think it just, it, it comes off to songwriting, but like, um, the first thing that, that comes to my mind is the track Citizen Erased from mm-hmm. uh, Origin Symmetry, which I think is an awesome riff and like a really cool song, but about halfway through it just kind of dies. Mm-hmm. And... Like, it never really picks up the same steam it had. And it just seemed like it should have probably ended there. Mm-hmm. But instead, they made it, like, a you know, seven or eight-minute track or something like that, mm-hmm. which is just unnecessary. Um, 
Like yeah. I think it, a lot of it comes from songwriting. I really think because like you know like, even at the end of uh, the Resistance, they have like that three part Exogenesis Symphony, which I love the second part of it like a lot. I think it is just gorgeous. Uh, actually, same with like I think the first two parts are really great. The third part is like I, I, I you know you, you could take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I get what you mean. So. And I think that's always a hard part. Of when you're trying to you know think of you know postmortem what could have made this album more successful and I, again I really really enjoyed this um, but for example on newborn the first track uh, that really didn't need to be six minutes long like it was a yeah. pr- it's a pretty straightforward uh, rock oriented track that could have been easily three minutes and had more or less the same impact and that's kind of true throughout all of the um, each of the three albums I listened to is I felt like when it's a matter of maybe you shave off a few minutes here or there, it's like, okay, where does it actually need to happen? You know, because on some albums where it's too long, you're like, okay, well, this track sucks. That could have been cut. I feel like you're totally um, hitting it on the nose that their songwriting is just a little bit too ambitious at times or, or it's a little bit too... Grandiose. Yeah, I, I guess. Or, or they try to reach too much, or I think oh, you're totally right. Maybe some... it's just like it's, it's like a little fatty almost. Yeah, exactly. Where and I think that's a great way to put it. Where the track kind of dies. There were a few tracks. Um, you know, I don't know if I could think of any specifics by name. Where by the end of the track, it's like okay, I feel like this is very clearly run its course, and this could have been wrapped up already. Like. You know, yeah. the impact of the song has already been hit. You know, I enjoyed it, but now we're just kind of either repeating riffs or just kind of meandering. Um, and I think that definitely hit me on the... I My favorite of the bunch was definitely Origin of Symmetry. Like, I could see myself revisiting this. Uh, and, and I really liked Hysteria, so I, I might listen to Absolution on my own. Um, Absolution, I, like... I. I do really love Hysteria. I think that is just such a great time. Like, I love that bass riff. Like, like I, I, I think, say what you will about Muse. Like, you know, it, we'll talk about them compared to Radiohead. But, like, you know, I, I think people don't don't give these guys the time of day. Like, as in, like, these guys can actually play their instruments. Uh-huh. Like, and, like, so can Radiohead, mind you. Like, like we'll, we'll get to that very soon. Uh, but I, I think people always look at Muse and they're like, oh, that's just arena rock that's just like cock rock you know all that bullshit when it's like these guys can actually do some pretty like pretty insane stuff they you know despite being a trio you know so um but i I personally wouldn't recommend uh listening to absolution unless you were like really wanting to because like it's just after a while it's, it's a lot like i think after hysteria it, it just kind of like really drags and like hysteria's eighth track there are 14 tracks <laughs> yeah so 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 basically it's, it's it's almost like half of the album like is almost unnecessary but um yeah still i i, I, I could see that and i think that's where i lost steam with the resistance is because it has um yeah it, like, it's a little long it, it has a suite at the end and I yeah. think by the time I got there, I was like, okay, like I appreciated the grandiosity, I appreciate the ambition, but it just, I kind of was done by the end, especially because I don't really like Uprising. I yeah. know something about that track has always rubbed me the wrong way. I don't really like um, Matt's vocals on that track, especially. 
Uh, thankfully, immediately after Resistance, I really liked that song. And then, you know, from there, I was able to vibe with it a bit more. But Yeah, I uh, I, I think that there are there are some like some parts near the end because like again I really like that that three part suite at the end of Resistance, uh, but the track before that is uh, I Belong to You, which is j- just just is kind of throwaway to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with um, I want to say it could be a Natural Selection. Um, I really liked MK Ultra uh, because the, they have that lyric that's like a, a universe is trapped inside a tear, which I you know sounds kind of plain when i say it but the way he sings it really gets to me every single time Mm -hmm. so um yeah but i i don't know if you've checked out any of these pictures either of of some of their live pictures because they put on a really cool live show yeah i i don't remember the award show i think it might have been an mtv uh, like the mtv music awards or whatever um but I remember they played the resistance at one of those shows, and even though I didn't like the music, the, the show itself was fantastic. Like, yeah, was... I, I'm I'm sending you a picture of of one of their concerts, so uh, on your phone. So just check that out when you have a chance. I will. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, what was particularly impressive about that specific because obviously with in an award show setting, like you don't have nearly as much um, liberty to do things. Um, so yeah. the fact that they were able to create such a cool, um, like, like such, yeah, yeah, such a cool live show when they really only had like probably limited time and limited resources, uh, I gained some respect from them for that. That was awesome. Yeah. So, well, I'm really glad that that because I I really expected this to be like very negative against them because <laughs> I mean they look and you are totally justified in not liking them. Like, like I totally understand why people don't like Muse. Like, it, I get it. Because, like, I mean, they, there are times they grate me. So, like, you know, they um, they had this... So, Drones was their... Um, not second to most recent album. Um, and it people hated it. Um, they had this... I can't remember the lyric, but it was like, help me, I'm trapped inside myself or something like that. And it was like the way it was said. I'm just like, ugh. Like, see, I, I think what bothers me about Muse is that like they, and I don't know if you, maybe you didn't notice this, but they always seem to paint themselves as like these um, almost like Orwellian, you know, uh, rabble rousers almost (laughs) like they uh they're like obsessed with like government conspiracies and like science fiction and like the idea of you know sort of uh technology being in charge of things or you know the sort of the thought police the the, like that type of thing and uh and they even like like if you listen to a lot of tracks off of uh showbiz a lot of them are like talking about like corporate corporations taking over the world and things like that and I just find it all to be so, like, just deliciously ironic. Because, like, I, I cannot think of a more corporate rock band than Muse. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I think that can easily be explained with the, the over-ambition comment. Like, I think it also um, bleeds over into the lyrics. That they, oh, yeah. they think that uh, their concepts are a lot... I think the concept itself, it, it's more or less the same, or at least you get the same vibe. Like, I don't know if they've really updated their philosophical stance on any particular they really album. haven't and and more importantly you know to your point the lyrics that they use to describe it are not like they definitely think like they're not all super like cringy or anything like that some of them are like fine but 
it's totally they think it's much deeper than it is. Like they oh, they yeah. totally think that like man we got them. We we're we're we're, we're spitting some knowledge. Um, and it, it reminds me of um, when Fantano did. Her, I think no, I, I think he also talked about um, their most recent or one of their more recent albums, uh, Drones. But he did a review of the second Law. And yeah. he described the last leg of the album, I think it's like three or four tracks. Um, he said it's akin to a gymna- gymnastics din- dismount where you land and break both your legs. <laughs> um, and just, I will always remember that because it was just such a, like a, in an, like a biting, like devastating <laughs> description. Oh, yeah, no, no. It, but um, it's totally on track though because like, yeah. like the, the end of the second law has like these has like a, a sweet also like the resistance but it's even worse and it's like that th- this includes like this woman just narrating the laws of thermodynamics and I'm, oh, l- l- like and, like the whole thing's <laughs> supposed to be about like chaos and entropy and i'm like I, i'm like oh man why like because like I, a lot of people really don't like second law either i i, I actually really enjoy it I, I think it's a really fun album um but yeah, I, even those parts, I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, let's flip, uh, let's let's flip things because yeah, um, I thought this was a really interesting way yeah. to frame it, and I guess I haven't at the time when you mentioned I hadn't experienced what you described. People, you know, regularly compared. Oh, I, I, I was I was going to say because I I've never listened to Radiohead's first two albums. So I thought I would talk about those for a second. Oh, nice. Yeah, be- go, go before ahead. we dived into that, because I, I mean, you know, obviously we're we're going to be talking about sort of this whole Radiohead versus Muse debate that some people have. That um, you know, spoilers. Uh, I think is a really stupid argument. <laughs> um, but I, I thought for this week that I would listen to the first two Radiohead albums j- just because um, you know it seemed only fair, and I felt like that was probably the material that people would most compare the two bands to it would be like their first two albums mm-hmm. um so i i've listened to pablo honey before but it's been years since i've listened to it. i've never listened to the bands um they were just fine <laughs> like the, 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 not, not to burst anybody's bubble but like they're really not as bad as people make them out to be but they're no way near like something that that i would want to listen to oh, like th- that that just i'm sorry that just nails like that nails both those albums like it's yeah. crazy to me how and i think it's partially because of what came after people like shit on those albums on you know kind of unjustly well, people shit on pablo honey so there are a lot of people yeah, who yeah, like the bends a lot yeah yeah maybe not the i i like the bends i don't think it's it's perfect by any means um but i think the hate the pablo honey gets i really don't get like if yeah. you go back to to British rock at that time. That's exactly what that album. Oh sounds yeah, like. like I don't like. Or I, did, I, did just alt rock in general? Yeah, like, I don't. I don't get how you could hate that album. You know, it, it, it's doing what it was supposed to do, and it it, it, it bore out a pretty famous um, single. You know, in, in Creep, C- couple singles. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. I mean, I think Creep and then High and Dry. Behind drives off the bench. Leave me high. <laughs> yeah, the, I I have that stuck in my head right now. So well, that one's off the the bends. I think yeah, creep, creep is off Pablo Honey. But yeah, b- yeah, both those are very very stereotypical of their time, and they're they're cool singles. The albums themselves are very 
Um, <laughs> fine. I actually really like Creep. Like, like, like Ripcord and Creep were really awesome tracks. I really enjoyed those. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah. Like, I thought those were fun, um, but, like, the rest of the album, I was like, whatever, and the bends, I was pretty much, with the entire album, I was like, meh, like, it, it's fine, like, mm-hmm. you know, high, I, like, I like the chorus of High and Dry, but, like, even then, I'm like, okay, like, it's fine, <laughs> um, but, I, 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 okay, I don't know if you remember this, there's a, uh, there's a Family Guy episode where they, I think they go to, like, a uh, karaoke night, and uh, Principal Shepard, the high school principal, is singing creep there <laughs> I, I don't know the, if i know that one it's the perfect thing just see to hear him just i'm a creep i'm a oh, winner <laughs> what the hell am i doing here oh god there's a i've, I've sent you the uh, the pastry based meme of yes that song, right i'm a yes. creep i'm a weirdo what the hell am i doing here I do not belong here. It's so funny. Oh, God. Some of that stuff is just great. So, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I have to say about that because, like, they, they were they were fine, you know? Um, they, they, I think the, the, the album cover of the Benz is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Not so much with Pablo Honey. <laughs> yeah, that, that and, one is not. And, and, yeah. and, 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 unless you like uh, Teletubby-esque flower babies. Yeah, because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... I, it, it, it's kind of Teletubbies, actually. Yeah, I mean, it really, really is. Because like, I, I grabbed both those CDs, put them in the car this week, and I was like, oh, I forgot how much Pablo Honey's cover sucks. <laughs> Just, I'm like, not good. Creep. I'm a winner. <laughs> I, and, I, do you, did you ever... Well, sorry, I'm, I'm going to reference cartoons for the rest of this episode. Um, <laughs> do you remember the South Park episode where Radiohead actually guests on it? No. It's uh, Scott, Scott Tennerman Must Die. Oh, I don't um, know that one. Yeah, and they it, it, they actually guessed on that. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, and so, but but what they, <laughs> Cartman tries to sing "Creep" and I or like like to because he's like, oh, you never heard radio? You know, they sing that song. He just sings the chorus. But then, um, Ned, do you remember Ned, the uh, the the one armed guy who has the uh, he he has a little throat uh talking thing because they took his vocal cords out because he smoked no, so much. I don't remember that. Oh my god, he, he's Uncle Jimbo's uh, like best friend. Like he always hangs around with Jimbo, and uh, but he has like a voice box, so like electronic voice box. So he just so he tries to sing "Creep" too, <laughs> and it is the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, God, I I love that shit so much. Um, anyway, so yeah, I. W- I was talking to you about this last week uh, after we recorded because uh, this was something I've wanted to talk about for a while because just like I remember seeing this like do you remember when Yahoo Answers was like a really big thing? Yes. Yeah. And now it's like like distinctly not. Yeah. I mean not not that I'm aware of. I think it totally dropped off. It's sort of like the the MySpace version of Reddit almost. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. It's just completely like defunct now, um, but I used to be on. I used to go onto the rock, a, a section of that all the time, like in high school, and I felt like I would always see Muse versus Radiohead uh, debates. And then I remember, uh, do you, you remember Jake Hebert in college? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he was a big Radiohead fan. Yes, like, he is gigantic. And I, you know, I fucking hated Radiohead at that time. So we would always talk about it a little bit. And I don't think he ever listened to Muse. 
but I was like, I think I brought it up one time, and it, the, the, that people would like compare the bands. And I just, I, I, I and I, I don't remember the exact conversation that we had, but I get the feeling that we both thought it was a stupid comparison. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I just like, I, I, it, it just baffles me why people chose like these two bands, like. You know, with others, I can get it, like, Mushroom Head versus, like, Slipknot. Like, okay, that actually makes a little bit of sense. We're talking about, like, two alt-metal bands who Mm -hmm. both wear masks and both, like, play really, really angsty, like, metal. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, that makes sense. But, like, this just seems like a more of, like, a geographic and, like, uh, temporal uh, comparison than anything. Even though, like, Muse is the younger band by, like, four years, I think. Um, it just does. I I just don't don't get because like you can see sort of similarities between them, like especially with I I think their first two records. Even though um, actually if if anything I I would almost compare. I would almost compare Showbiz to like more Benz, maybe even OK Computer. In turn, because like like Muse like Muse wasn't like really like full on alt rock. Like, like, like Radiohead was for yeah. like their first two albums. Like, I mean, even though Showbiz, you know, is not great, you can still hear a lot of that space rock type of influence and like the, those like electronics kind of in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like maybe that's what they were trying to do. I don't know. I, I just like like I, I remember um, if you ever watched um, on Deep Cuts, Oliver does a Radiohead guide, and early on in the video, he's like, oh, because he, I think he's talking about. You could be talking about the My My Iron Lung EP, um, though I'm not entirely sure. But he was like, yeah, you know, Muse pretty much just took this one song and made a career out of it. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, but not really, though. Like, yeah, I I feel like it it makes sense in the framework of what people... uh, I I mean, I'm surprised Oliver made that comment because... the. I, I, again, it's it, it's not it, it's not like it's a very esoteric opinion, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's but, like a lot of people really think that Muse ripped off Radiohead. Well, because I'm gonna bring in another band to this. Uh, okay. I know my aunt at one point asked me my thought. Um, basically, the, the Coldplay is like a mainstream kind of discount version of Radiohead, and I don't really see that either. And I think it speaks. I can see that a little more than Muse. I could see but, it a little bit, but not. I mean, I, frankly, if I had to, if I had to guess, I would say, or if I had to make a comparison, I think Coldplay is like a discount version of Cigarettes. I think they're like the mainstream <laughs> alt rock version of Cigarettes. Um, like they try to have that like atmospheric, um, yeah. post rocky sound, but make it for like very accessible and not as as long winded. Um, I think because for a lot of people, this speaks to the fact that Radiohead is probably the most experimental rock band a lot of mainstream, like, normal, quote-unquote normal listeners have heard. Yeah. Um, I think they're they're probably far and away the most experimental. And not to say the Radiohead are especially experimental, but when you compare it to other popular rock bands, they yeah, certainly are, are, you know... It's definitely, definitely a lot different. You know, so, I, when you, yeah, when, when you're trying to pull comparisons, uh, I think if you... Um, you know, I noticed this with some of the writers I follow on Sputnik or writers in the blog or whatever. You can tell when they're somewhat 
I don't say limited, but I guess that's the best word. Like when they have a limited experience with the genre, because they'll kind of call from the same few artists. Um, and I'm guilty of this. There's some genres I'm not as familiar with. I kind of. Uh, uh, okay, I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> what? No, no, you can say, well, yeah. no, no. I, I just uh, because I actually notice this in your writing a lot. That depending on on what the genre is, there are certain few points that you you will always bring up. Uh, it, I, I. I do not think this is a bad thing. I, I just, like, I enjoy seeing it because I'm like, oh, that's Scott. I love Scott. No, but, but, but yeah, I mean, there's so. some, like, for one genre, like, I, I feel like... Like, free, free jazz? Like, I feel like almost every free jazz article you've written mentions Ornette Coleman, which, I mean, and, you know, justifiably so, because, yeah. you know, there would not be free jazz, arguably, without Ornette Coleman. Yeah, I think in some so. cases it's, you know, like, who will people most recognize in, in yeah. some, you know, some balances, you know, these are the most recognizable of those, um, of this genre, some of the genre greats. Um, but I think specific to this conversation, I can see... It's, it's kind of like... They're in the same ballpark, but yeah, it's I, a it's a very shallow comparison because yeah, they I, both. I actually have a good analogy if if you want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's more like they come from the same primordial soup in a way. Is yeah. it's 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 much like the evolution of of humanity. You know that like we're we're related to like apes and we're related to all these different animals, but you know we all come from supposedly this primordial ooze. You know. Uh, it's it, it like it just it, it's more like the zeitgeist like the artistic zeitgeist at the time in England was kind of like in this state of mind that like you have like a lot of electronic stuff going on because you know like in Bristol you know you have fucking massive attack and like all these trip hop bands just like fucking shit up in like the best way possible uh, but then you also have you know just a lot of rock still and so you know it's all about trying to fuse that together and they both do that just in different ways um and you can see that they take different directions like even though that's the weird thing is like both of these guys sell out stadiums like yeah they're both super successful at what what they've done with their career but they've gone in almost opposite directions like muse just really like leans into that arena rock type of style and then radio had sort of went for a more moody or an introspection um though n- not always but I-, I would say most of the time uh like i i definitely like i would probably rather see a muse concert than a radiohead concert to be totally honest yeah. even though i i think that radiohead's probably the better band mm-hmm. um it's just that like I-, I i feel like a muse concert like you you're really like geared and like you know like they, they really know how to capture an audience's attention Whereas, you know, and I think you can do the same thing with a Radiohead concert. It's just that, like, it's it's going to be much more subdued. So Yeah, I would say that Muse is probably more, you know, they both, especially at this point in their career, um, Muse are more on the prog rock end of the spectrum. Radiohead are more on the art rock end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, but... Even though, like, I, I think the differences between those two genres is... is, is I, I like I feel like they're kissing cousins. Oh sure. Like yeah. it, it, to, to be you know polite about it, I guess. Like yeah. like that's the thing. Like a lot of that stuff, like experimental progressive art, kind of all talks about the same thing. It's just that it's like a different facet of that same thing. Mm-hmm. 
um which which you know at some point like you know i i feel like with you know with these two bands that they just all of those labels kind of merge and fuse and become something just they all become the same thing at the end of the day in a way so um though i I don't know i I mean i i guess yeah i mused i wouldn't put art rock when i think of muse i I mean art rock is definitely like a radiohead type of thing yeah Um, maybe i mix my bands but that's kind of what i was yeah i was saying is that yeah i I get what you mean man yeah so muse that was essentially more on the prog rock end of the spectrum radiohead more the art rock Um, yeah but I mean, both at this point in their career, and I think Muse was more—they were more themselves, or they were more close to the band they would become on their earlier albums. Yeah. Compared to like Radiohead, definitely took a stylistic jump, whereas I think Muse more or less just kind of refined their approach. Like I think there's a lot of stuff on Showbiz, um, like a totally here on later Muse releases. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think I, Radiohead, especially in their exploration of uh, electronic elements and whatnot, they totally dove more into experimental directions as time went on. Because Pablo Honey is almost indistinguishable from the Brit rock of that time. Um, yeah, see, I I think part of, the, part of that has to do with sort of the band's age, like their respective ages. Uh, because, you know, like, Tom York actually could have gotten a record deal like years earlier, uh, before Radiohead did get a like a record deal, but they ended up declining it because they wanted to finish like college basically. Huh. Um, you know, and I don't know if the same thing was for Muse or not, but you know, they like Radio certainly had time to build up what they were interested in. I think already before that, like you know, Tom York was already you know listening to stuff that wasn't exactly you know normal for for like you know a teenager or like you know a 20 year old at that mm-hmm. time um you know and so i think i i just think that like that sort of thing happens like when you get sort of deep enough in that rabbit's hole and you know whether it's music whether it's painting whether you know like regardless of the art form or even you know sports even like you could be, because i think that there's always like this uh like this barrier that you kind of hit that you either you either go through it and you're like you know i wouldn't say a legitimate fan but you, you it's def- you're definitely much more cognizant than the normal like than the average person on mm-hmm. this subject or you just sort of stay there on this boundary and sort of you know um stay with most average people like like you know i i, I feel like you know if i i, I feel like no matter where we would have gone musically like with our own taste i feel like we would have gotten to experimental music at some point mm-hmm. j- just just because we just listened to it so much that mm-hmm. or like that we listened to so much stuff that we're like we're always kind of hungry for more so um and i think the same thing just happened with these guys uh and you know radio has a little bit older than muse so and i i think you know i mean muse saw success muse saw success pretty fast too as did Radiohead, but you know, so yeah, because I was surprised because I had never heard of Showbiz before. Um, <laughs> for before, good reason, yeah, I was gonna say for good reason, but you know, I totally um, uh, origin origin of symmetry. Yeah, 
like I, I've, I keep thinking organism for some reason when when I think of that title. But I mean, Origin of Symmetry definitely heard of that album for Absolution as well. Certainly the Resistance. Um, mm. Like I feel like I, they... I, I I love the album cover for the Resistance. Like yes, and I think to, to close the loop on. I mean, I guess the, the Benz is, you know, is pretty well you know regarded. But I think. OK Computer is really when Radiohead became Radiohead. So, you know, it took them a couple more albums before, you know, Muse really only took them one to to start developing their reputation, at least. Where were we? Um, yeah, Muse has sort of flitted around within sort of the similar genre for, like, their entire career. Uh, but they, they sort of, you know, try out little, little different things. Like, it's, it's almost like micro genre experiments. Like, you know, you... you they sort of establish like a base with origin of symmetry and they, they sort of continue that with absolution, but then they get a little poppier with like, um, black holes and revelations and keep going from there. And then, you know, they, they sort of take like this queen operatic influence on the resistance and arguably the second law. Uh, you know, so it, it, I mean, in radio, it does very similar things like, you know, sort of the idea of like going full electronic with kid a, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as opposed to just kind of bringing in those elements on OK Computer, but then returning to more of a rock style on In Rainbows, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the Radiohead hasn't really. They haven't necessarily fallen off. Like, I, I feel like. I mean, I guess it depends your view of Muse's most recent stuff, but I think at least certainly critically, um, Muse has has taken a, a hit with their most recent output whereas Radiohead has remained I mean yeah. if, if anything a moonshaped pool was kind of a critical uh, bump yeah like it, it kind of a king of limbs was was mildly controversial depending on you know who you ask but I think a moonshaped pool was pretty universally except you know oh yeah, P- yeah I, th- that was that was an album that really I think cemented my relationship with Radiohead mm-hmm. uh yeah, I do love that. I mean, we were talking about that last week, because uh, but yeah, um, yeah. I I just thought this was a fun topic because like I, I like you know I, I sort of get why people want to make that comparison, but at the same time, it's just like it just seems so unfounded. Like like it's it, it's sort of like like it, it, no doubt you've seen this on forums and stuff like that. The whole like Beatles versus Rolling Stones debate. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is like I, essentially again, it's just. I, two rock bands who were popular at the same time exactly it's so stupid <laughs> yeah like, like I, I don't, you wouldn't wouldn't really compare those two like for any other reason they they both have their their times where they've experimented a little bit you know and they both had their time in like the limelight or i mean they pretty much I mean, beatles pretty much had their entire career in the limelight yeah. but um you know it but they sort of took different directions with what they did mm-hmm. <laughs> you know exactly. so it's in like you know and it's like to the point that you can't even compare it to like you know if i put on sticky fingers and then put on abbey road like those are two very distinct albums. oh absolutely yeah. and the, like maybe if you want to go even a little easier maybe like sticky fingers and like uh white album but like even then still like you can really hear the difference like you know rolling stones like their blues like they, they like their dirty blues and their country uh and the beatles kind of like 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 fucking Stockhausen and like yeah. <laughs> shit like that. So you know, it's just one of those things. Even though they, they I, I don't know if you knew this. Um, I'm gonna have to. I have to look up to really confirm it. I'm pretty sure it's true that um, you know, you know that little like 
weird interlude in the Yellow Submarine, like in the song, mm-hmm. uh, with like all like that, like mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, that that that's actually members of the Rolling Stones doing stuff like that. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. It's like, I, I have a I have a biography on the Beatles that I've been meaning to reread. At some points, it's massive. That's that's the only reason I haven't reread it. Um, but yeah, just, just little facts. The more you know. <laughs> uh, In, insert rainbow here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, if you unless you have anything to, else to say, I think maybe it's time to talk about albums of the week. Yeah, no, this was yeah. definitely a, a super fun exploration. I'm glad I finally yeah. dove into Muse. You know, didn't didn't leave with a hundred percent positive um, vantage point, but really glad I listened to them and definitely liked them a lot more than I thought I would. Um, yeah, I and I'm I'm really glad you do because I mean I, I I think they're a band that gets a lot of crap from some people, and mm-hmm. you know it, it it deserves some of that crap, but not all of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so Scoots, what? What have you got for an album of the week? Yeah, there were a number of cool new albums I listened to from, you know, specifically new to 2020. Um, the one that probably left the biggest imprint on me because um, it really came out of nowhere. I think someone, I think a reader of the blog, I forget who recommended it to me, but it's it just is a super interesting math rock release. It is a Parachute for Gordo. Uh, best understood by children and animals. Uh, it, it's that's just a, a title. Yes, <laughs> it's and it just it has like a, like a almost a finger painting of a lion on the the cover. It looks like pretty, um, pretty interesting. I wasn't really sure what to expect from it, but elements of math rock, you have a little bit of experimentation, kraut rock, psychedelia, post rock, just like a ton of. Um, there's a some vocals here and there on the album but primarily it's instrumental and I feel like they pulled from all of all of like the common instrumental genres like post rock you know math rock can be instrumental I feel like it followed more in the slint you know Spiderland mm. segment of math rock um, a lot of repetitive uh, you know repetitive uh, song structures kind of called that kraut influence uh, but a lot of nice melodies a lot of great um, guitar work that kind of called for math rock, but the song structures and the way that the tracks developed were, were very experimental and, and it's just really cool. Like I, I feel like it, it it felt catchy, it felt melodic, it felt like you know it, it created a bunch of different emotions, but you never really were, were sure how the track each track was going to develop. And mm. it just it, I listened to it a couple times and it really. Um, offer something new on every listen, and I, I was just literally never heard of the band. Apparently, they've been around for a while in the you know the UK underground uh, music scene over there. But just a really really great album. I'm gonna have to check this out because yeah. I mean I'm I'm always up for something for like little weird rock. So yeah, it was really 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 cool. Nice, nice. I actually have a sort of a weird rock album. Uh, I, I guess this is more of a jazz type of thing, but um, because see you know I've mentioned before that. I've been doing this thing where I, I pick like a bunch of CDs from uh, my case for my shelf mm-hmm. um, and just like one per like little slot basically uh, to sort of listen to some stuff I haven't listened to in a while. Uh, and so I'm actually on my final uh, like the final column of shelves. Uh, so it's mostly John Zorn. Um, but 
there is one artist, an experimental artist, who came before Zorn, both chronologically and alphabetically, and that is uh, Frank Zappa. So nice. Uh, yeah, and I've not. I, I've sort of. I don't know. I, I his music has not resonated with me as of late. But I put on Hot Rats. Uh, yesterday or was it the day before? And I really enjoyed the fuck out of it. Like I forgot how great of an album that is. So um, that is my album of the week, Hot Rats. I, I just every track on that even though like i i think my my biggest criticism against jazz fusion is sort of that soft like sort of like those really mellow chords that they use for and how it has like this kind of like saccharine atmosphere to it like Mm -hmm. even though hot rats is just drenched in that it's still like just a profoundly amazing listen like there's just something so magnetic about it like even like just i mean like the, I I've had peaches and regalia just sort of circling around in my head every so often, uh, and it's just strange to have like an instrumental do that to you, uh, just like yeah, or like you know Will, Willie the Pimp with uh, with Captain Beefheart on vocals, um, yeah, it's it's just a it's a great album. I mean, as if anybody needed you know any 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 more further proof of that, yeah. but uh. Yeah, I, I'm just really glad I gave it a listen because, you know, as frustrated as, as I've been with a lot of Zappa stuff lately, uh, you know, there's still, he, he's still, like, a really great musician. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is such a great album. Um, you still don't own that, do you? I owned it and I sold it, and I don't yeah. know why. I th- it was it was not one of my brightest moments. Um but it, I think I appreciated that album long before I appreciated that kind of music, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I, that, I get that. Like, I feel like I hadn't quite dove into... Like jazz. Yeah, jazz, but specifically that kind of more experimental rock uh, mm. in, in quite as, um, you know, quite as intensely as... I had at that point and it, it struck me and I think it was, it was a key it was a catalyst for me even considering exploring that kind of um, music more deeply so uh, it, it's a it's a really 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 cool album you know it's it's really fun but also experimental at the same time which I think is, is key for people trying to get um, a bit more experimental you know an album that is is experimental but it's just is fun to listen to at the same time I think that mm. that's something that it, is is crucial if you're trying to to break into it because you, you know like if, if i had started with um you know one of ornette coleman's more like the free jazz i think i would have been scared off from free jazz um right off the bat but i i think a similar release is um the self-titled naked city album like that's just such a weird but still really fun release mm. that um it, 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 it I think that that could be a little easier for you to just because of your whole metal background. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we've talked before that people, you know, have different paths. And when, when you recommend a gateway album, you have to take that in consideration. Hmm. Um, but for me, I think the fact that it was just so fun and definitely, like you said, called on my influences or, or, or called on music that I have um, previously enjoyed. Um, and I yeah. think Hot Rents definitely falls in that category too. Yeah. All right. Well, that has been our episode for today. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.
thanks for listening guys and uh if you're interested uh you know if you want to hear more just you know listen to us on uh itunes pod apple Podcasts, android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast basically uh we're on all of it uh if you follow us on anchor to you know whatever works for you and uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about, or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter. And our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.